0: Married to who? Pad, 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 pad,
1: Welcome to Married to Who, a podcast where a couple of couples watch Dr. Two for the very first time. My name's Jake, with me are Cody, Sam, Jill, and Alex, and our producer Terry. This week we're here to talk about The Ghost Monument, written by Chris Chibnall, directed by Mark Tonderall. Tonderall? can't read my own writing.
2: (laughs) Is that the plural of (laughs) Tonderall?
1: Directed by Mark Tonderall, aired October 14th, 2018. Cody, why don't you go first? What What'd you think of this one?
2: Uh, It was a pretty darn great episode, Jake. Sam?
3: I think I liked this episode better than the last one.
4: Go on. on. Is everyone (laughs) going to get that shift up? (laughs) (laughs) Jill? Uh, I agree with Sam. I liked it better than the last one. Still have mixed feelings about it. But I did like it better than the last.
5: Terry? I'm kind of in reverse. I liked the first episode more than this one. This one was just okay in my eyes.
2: Fucking, now we're fighting. You fight me.
0: <laughs> Alex? I liked it. It's good. It's good. I don't know. I The story was cool. The race was cool. I, I liked it. Hey, Jake. Hey, what?
4: I think it's your turn.
0: Oh, is it my
1: turn? Um... Yeah, this I didn't dislike this episode as much as the first time I saw it. The things that I don't like about it are still there, but I'm just less of an asshole than I was two years ago, I guess.
6: <laughs> really? That can't be true.
1: <laughs> I when please don't listen to our episode on this, but I fucking hated this episode when it first aired. Or oh, yeah. yeah, when it first came out.
3: We can, I listen we to can it now, go can't back we? and listen to it.
1: You can,
2: really? yeah, brother. I'm gonna go listen to it. I'm gonna see what you're... I, I hope <laughs> you're angry about her fucking untouched-up roots. No, because th- those are hot. No, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck! Uh, what time is it? I'm out.
1: <laughs> unkempt um,
4: women are the best women.
1: <laughs> I guess. Damn, they like got if... shit to do, man. <laughs> All right, stuff go. Did you see the roots on the other lady too?
4: <laughs>
1: Different stuff. Go.
4: Can we just jump right to the TARDIS reveal? Because that's the best part.
6: Yep.
2: I <laughs> fuck. Did, did I like this episode? I don't like the new TARDIS.
4: It it's got character though, it and does... I think that's cool. I love <laughs> the entryway. Reminds Whoa, me of a honeycomb.
2: Hold up okay well no maybe it's hard for me to see but maybe descriptively uh like capaldi's tardis had like the second level with like books he had blackboards and that like spoke to character to capaldi this is just fancy i think and oh wait no it makes cookies never mind you're 100 percent right it's so full of character It's fucking great. I forgot about the cookies and the hourglass that literally does nothing but is fancy.
3: And the TARDIS that's, like, clear and spins in a circle. Yes.
4: Yeah, what is that? Is it, like, a button or a wind vane? What is that? No, it's
1: just like if you put a bobblehead on your dashboard. Yeah. (laughs) Just a decoration. Yeah, the design is, is super, super cool.
4: It really made me think differently about this doctor. Like, I I felt like she seemed more lighthearted than Capaldi as the doctor. And then seeing her TARDIS and like how it just is really deep and meaningful and has character, like I said, it, it made me wonder, you know, more about the doctor and what her TARDIS reveals about her.
2: The doctor says every time uh, he or she walks back into the TARDIS for the first time, you've redecorated, right? Like that's something we've heard before.
1: Not from the doctor, because the doctor usually is involved in the redecorating. Not all the time, but...
2: Oh, I just, I I don't know, I had deja vu on that. I was like, oh, you've redecorated. And I was like,
1: don't they always say
2: that? Like, that's the doctor's version of Bigger on the inside.
0: Well, the doctor says it to the doctor.
1: Yeah, David Tennant says it to Matt Smith's doctor. Matt Smith says it to James Corden's character when he thinks he redecorated his house, but he really just moved. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it's said in Classic Who once or twice.
2: Okay, so just kind of a... It's a recurring thing, but... It's a
1: thing. Okay. Yeah, we've talked about it.
2: The The Stenza are clearly the uh, recurring theme.
3: Not impressed with that part.
2: I didn't feel like the Stenza were like a big bad in the universe from the first episode. And it, like even after this episode, I don't feel like the Stens are a big bad. I, I just haven't gotten that. don't
3: uh... oh, no, they seem pretty evil. Well, yeah, e- they're...
2: they're they're evil in the sense of people are telling you that they're evil.
0: No, I'm e- I'm telling you they're evil based on what they do. They <laughs> they they destroyed this planet and yeah forced forced the scientists people into make... slavery. Yeah, they forced them to make weapons of mass destruction. <laughs>
2: Right, but that's not, like, forefront of this episode. This episode's like, oh, yeah, the planet was destroyed by the Stenza. But anyway, uh, no, you guys need to get across this planet here real quick.
3: <laughs> Just because it's yeah. the background story doesn't make it less evil.
2: No, it kind of does.
3: It, what? <laughs> You're wrong. That's fine.
1: Okay, well, as long <laughs> as it's fine. Okay, Jill, you feel good about the TARDIS, talk, TARDIS reveal talk?
3: <laughs> I think so.
5: Okay. Oh, I've, I just wanted to say I really loved the interior as well of how it's like mechanical meets organic with like those giant pillars of rocks that glow. And it's just the whole uh, imagery of dark orange. And then you've got these pops of blue from the lights in the walls. And that kind of just mimics what the doctor with her blue coat. Like she's just this vibrant thing inside this dark world that's going on. Like I just really like that idea of what the Tardis looked like now. Terry and
0: Jake are gonna fight,
2: probably for sure. <laughs> I, where'd the organic
0: come from? Like just the earth, the earthiness of the stone. Yeah, oh. it's
2: like
5: the the amethyst crystals, how they grow. Like that's what those pillars were. Oh. They're just orange.
6: Instead.
2: Yeah. That the color scheme here, in combination with her uh, screwdriver, makes me think that's her permanent screwdriver, and and I'm not okay with that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's her permanent screwdriver, and the you're talking about Capaldi's TARDIS, and my favorite thing about that TARDIS is how how fun it is to shoot on, like the camera angles you can do and all the the fun exploring of that space you can do. Pay attention as we go forward with this TARDIS and how none of that is true. It's (laughs) so cluttered.
3: It looks really cramped.
1: Well, there's... And it's not. It's a huge space, but it's a huge empty space. I was going to say, it didn't look like it had levels. No. I think they might add the illusion of some later. But there's a shot, once they're all on the TARDIS, of, you know, the camera's up above them, kind of like a crane shot, but... Probably not on a crane because they're indoors, but there's the doctor on one side of the console, then a big fucking amethyst stone thing in your way. And then (laughs) the three companions on the other side of the console having a conversation. There's no room to shoot everyone in frame together unless you have things in the way. So just pay attention to that as we go forward. And they do make some changes to the TARDIS to make it a little easier to do stuff like that. But in this first season, it's the dumbest design from the perspective of having to shoot a TV show inside of it. Interesting. Anyway, how do you all feel about the connection of the Stenza then since Cody brought it up?
5: I like it. Like, I I think it's a refreshing feeling of not having like, ah, the Daleks or the Tin Soldiers. I forget what they are already um that's the it, the cybermen um uh you have this whole new race and you don't know fully what they're capable of doing and how ruthless they can be like they could be as insane as the daleks or as powerful as the time lords and all of that stuff so it's 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 very interesting and i'm looking forward to seeing how much they tie into this season's storyline
2: forward slash our unpopular opinion, which is probably all my opinions on this podcast, but it's awkward to make a big bad out of a creature that's already been defeated on the show.
3: One 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 person was defeated, not the race.
2: (laughs) Yep, it's a representative sample size.
1: I'm going to make this comparison again, and you guys didn't get it last time I made it on the podcast. That's like saying aliens... Doesn't isn't scary because in Alien the good guys won.
4: Still haven't seen Alien.
1: (laughs) Yeah, if one of them is super hard and we barely make it, that's I mean it's the same thing as having Dalek in episode six of season one and then in the finale there's four hundred thousand of them.
4: Also we all know by now that with Doctor Who where there's one there's definitely more.
2: Yeah, it's just a it's an uninsightful way of making something scary.
1: If you're going to have a big bad in a season, you have to introduce that big bad. Otherwise, it has to be one we've seen before, so it's going to be the Daleks or the Cybermen. But if you're trying to introduce a new villain, like it has to be introduced before it's revealed that that's what the season's about.
3: I like that they didn't have to actually be in the episode, because I wasn't a big fan. So
1: Right, and maybe they could have just done that, like a couple of stops at some different places and being like, Kind of like with the silence where they're like, you know, the fish people in Italy who were like, uh we ran from the silence and some of the cracks went to hell and some of them one of them came here and stuff like that where you're just kind of talking about it. So we could have gone to like three different planets and been like, you know, we were destroyed by the stenzer, we were running from the stenzer, shit like that.
0: Yeah, just seeing like the aftermath. Yeah. Yeah.
4: So what you're saying is they don't do that.
0: Well, you've already seen two episodes
1: <laughs> where they're already introduced um, I was just kind of agreeing with or trying to agree with what Cody is saying um, well conceptually
2: like say just referentially if the Avengers beat Thanos in I don't know whatever that one was Infinity War and then they <laughs> announce Endgame Thanos was coming back how unexciting would everything be so but what if it
1: was a hundred Thanos see
2: is? and that's the uninsightful thing because you're like oh okay we're just gonna send more at you that's fucking okay but that's really my, nitpicky
0: my argument to that would be like say they beat Thanos and then the next one like if it's like Thanos' family coming for revenge like yeah I'm fucking excited <laughs> that's cool
2: <laughs> so, yeah that's insightful that's <laughs> something new
0: that's fresh that's not okay Thanos is coming back no. well all we know is Tim Shaw probably died and he had a race that he was a part of called the all, Stenza.
2: All we know, Alex thinks we're fucking stupid. <laughs> what? That's What else do you know? Are you telling me that Tim Shaw isn't coming back?
5: No, he's dead. His brains were oh, literally dead. coming you're, out of his head in that episode.
2: You're so wrong.
3: The other thing that we know is that Tim Stenza was a cheater. So he was like, the garbage of his tim sure (laughs) oh stuns is the (laughs) right acting like this
2: series isn't a giant
1: fucking revenge but i mean they wouldn't show him teleport away if that was it like oh i'm sure wherever he landed he definitely died like we're not morons
5: (laughs) it would be weird if like he didn't get it activated and then just went splat on the ground it was like a bug sprayed on a windshield
0: yeah because no one's ever fallen to their death in doctor who but also seeing like what that race is capable of doing. And and some of the technology that they probably now have because of what they did on yeah. this planet is kind of scary.
1: Always I was always, always one guy on a hunting trip, like relatively unarmed and alone. And then you see like, oh, they're actually way worse than, you know, glorified predators.
2: Yeah, we haven't seen their technology yet. So that that led itself to be pretty cool. Like, I'm not... I'm not a hundred percent like against it. I'm just like it's, it's lazy. It's fine. <laughs> I'm I'm being overcritical. I know it.
1: Well, I think saying it's lazy is more than being overcritical. I think it's just wrong. Like you have to have a bad guy in a season. It's the way well, the show no, works. Okay.
2: Are you saying it's wrong that they they should defeat the bad guy and then that should become the canon that now there's just more of them in the end
1: or that you're facing them in a different way like this is like beating someone up in a grocery store when they're all by themselves and not armed versus in the you know in an arena of <laughs> where they have weapons and well, shit it's, it's, it's just a different combat. circumstance
2: so, so in the next 11 episodes are we just going to learn that the stands are bad cuz i fucking know they're bad i get it <laughs> okay i'm not I'm not, like, scared of them. They don't feel like a looming threat because you already showed me they could just be defeated by the Doctor. It's just not... First of it's... all, I
1: haven't told you guys this. The season is only 10 episodes, so we only have 8 more. Oh. Oh, Jesus. Weird, Dang. Yeah. But they are all 50 minute episodes.
2: They're extraordinarily well... Sh- I don't know if I've gotten into the yes, this yet, but the director is going to get a lot of MVPs from me because, God damn... <laughs> the it way they good. shoot some of these scenes and the close-ups and like the focal yeah. points it's just outstanding cinematography
0: like the lighting with being in that desert yes was so good with Graham and his awesome glasses
2: absolutely beautiful fucking Graham owns the show uh what's the name of the kid ryan ryan sucks <laughs>
3: yeah
1: <laughs> you and mrs, mrs. mccrimmon's gonna fight yeah. you mrs j's gonna kill you
2: <laughs> ryan's a mystery to me man like he can't ride a bike but he could pick up a gun and go shoot people i well come on
3: his running like, away screaming where's the reload seems super immature and out of place
2: that it's, was hilarious yeah. though. I hated it, it was it. funny but I did not in think so. yeah in the grand scheme of like the episode <laughs> it was, it's that was just a little lighthearted humor in the middle
5: I just like that uh, the, we got a lot of point of views from Ryan, like when he wakes up or just like the close-ups of an eye in space. But I just love that every time he did wake up from something, it's Graham's face that he's waking up to. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> this fucking guy. Dude, I actually goddamn. really
1: didn't like that shot. It was It was weird. But also, why are we waking? Why are we the audience waking up from Ryan's point of view? Doesn't that, make any sense.
2: I that just seems to go in line with their that style of shooting. Like it fit in with the rest of the cinematography. Really, with the weird like like well, close all say, the time.
1: They're just looking to shoot things. There's a lot of good cinematography in this. I don't. I don't think there's good directing in this. I think a lot of the shot choices are super weird. Um, but then a lot of like the grand aerial stuff and it's they're shooting. They shot this in South Africa. It obviously looks amazing, yeah. but uh, that was done by a different company. <laughs> so like a lot of the really good shots aren't even oh, done by this sure. okay. So yeah. that
2: would be hard to really pick out. But the thing to get across is instead of like, it felt like a lot of the time in the last couple doctor who's it's just, here's some people on a set. Here's the camera. Sometimes it's low. Sometimes it's high. And now we got, like, it's it seems like <laughs> Don't forget tricks. to tilt it. Sometimes you tilt it, you pan it ever so slowly. And, no, now we have, like, we have different things that they're playing around with. And I'm excited for it. But, of course, they got some, yeah, they got some weird stuff thrown in there.
1: Uh, it definitely looks great. And it will continue to look great through this season.
2: It feels like such a modern TV show, which I haven't really felt, like, science fiction-wise, you know, comparably to, like, triple a films are the only movies i'll actually go and watch but it's it feels (laughs) right there well
1: and another fun thing like these two episodes are both
0: that we've seen are both shot almost entirely outside there's very few sets i did enjoy the uh the spaceship uh scenes in the beginning when they were going to land and like the different approaches that each ship had was (laughs) interesting and fun the uh
2: that ship scene blew me away. Still that space scene. I fucking love it. The intro that like that background. I I dis- now I'm shooting all over the place in the episode. <laughs> I dislike that they like reduced the volume of the intro music. The art is absolutely amazing, but they like turned the intro theme down.
4: Also, why does it start start with the intro?
0: Cuz we had it? a we had a cliffhanger. We um, did have a like yeah, you, you can't weird. have like a like a cold open when you already know what the open is. True. Good point. So
4: that's not a forever oh, thing? Oh, I can't
0: remember. They might
1: they might not have cold opens this season. I can't remember.
2: We'll have to keep track. Uh
1: yeah, what'd you guys think of that new uh the new song, the new intro, the new
0: opening credits?
3: I like the song. But
0: huh, how well do I nail it? <laughs> you nail it.
3: <laughs> that's great. I like the art too, but it's hard to read the names. Yeah
1: Um, the names don't they don't stick out very well.
4: I like the art a lot.
1: How did you notice Jill the music in general uh you mentioned it last week that you were excited about it um now that we have a new composer did anything catch your ear this time?
4: There was a lot of like familiar music with new arrangements I mean it's definitely different it's just a different style.
1: There's a, a lot of criticism of the music in this season and I'm not like good at picking up on this kind of stuff so i don't know the accuracy of it but a lot of people say that like during the quiet parts the music's too like heart pumping like it should be set to an action scene and then during the action parts the music's like a soft melody and it like doesn't match (laughs) up with the action like he just went and wrote a bunch of music in a bubble and then it was like i don't know just put it on curious
4: (laughs) I, i felt like the music felt really modern like murray gold was going for like a soundtrack and I don't even know the new composer's name, was just going for, like, I want modern, current, now music. <laughs> yeah,
1: Sagan Akinola. I think he uses a lot more, like, uh, international instruments, like stuff you wouldn't use in, like, Western music. Um, also, near in the last couple of years, Murray Gold really referenced his own stuff. But by that point, you know, nine and ten years into a show, you have so much stuff. <laughs> like, why wouldn't you? So it's a lot of like, here's a slowed down version of Rose's theme, or here's a different take on this song from season four. Shit like that. I noticed
5: Yaz did practically nothing in this episode. Um, <laughs> is she going to be doing that in a lot of the episodes? Or is it going to be like an old Who where like one episode is going to be focused on one companion Type of thing. Because that's kind of what I was hoping was going to happen in this episode with all the shots from Ryan's perspective. That I thought Ryan would be like a driving force in this story when really it felt like nothing was happening. And then Yaz was just tagged in at times.
1: Yeah. In an episode where you already have three companions, and even though they're the only other two characters in the story, pretty much, they are with the team the whole time. So when you have a six-person team in a 50-minute episode and you're trying to build this world around it, not just the world of this planet, but the world of this race that these people are on, so then you have to explore the backgrounds of both the race contestants, you just run out of time.
4: I do have to say, related to the Companions, I already really like the feel of the TARDIS team, where they're kind of, like, coupled up, especially at the beginning. And can play off each other a lot more. I really like that in the storyline.
0: Well, in this one, you also got to see some of the thing that I was kind of talking about last week was the doctor's kind of the outsider on this one. Because there was the scene where all three of them were walking together and like, do you really think she can get us home? And like, she's walking up ahead of them. And they're just having like this conversation of kind of doubt because they don't, I mean, one, they don't know really the doctor or what's going on. And, but they know each other, so they're kind of like grouping together.
4: It still seems weird to me that they just sort of ended up together. Like, it didn't seem like purposeful and thought out, and like there's no explanation of, hey, now we're gonna go do this a thousand more (laughs) times. It's like now they're just. Yeah, it's definitely an
1: accident. Well, and didn't they say, like, she's taking them home? That's what they asked for.
4: True they just can't get home
1: which that was also really
5: weird seeing her like just not knowing what to do like she kind of just broke down of like i'm sorry i can't get you home now it's like and but they're the ones talking her up going like no like no one's saying we're doomed like we're gonna
1: get through this (laughs) like eight seconds after a plan didn't work (laughs) right slitting her wrists. what the hell (laughs) (laughs) yeah
2: it's big time
1: yeah, that was unexpected. Yeah, I don't like that part. Doctor yeah. just gives up.
5: I'm wondering uh the timeless child is this something that we've already Ooh. been introduced to? Like is this me just being referred to something else or is this something in the doctor's past that we don't know about yet?
1: I thought we had I can heard tell it. you we've never heard the phrase timeless child. Oh,
2: okay. Okay.
1: That doesn't mean it's not referencing something we do know. Just say we haven't heard that those three words in the that order. <laughs> okay, because that seemed interesting.
5: Like that, the psychic cloth stuff was weird, but like that conversation.
1: The remnants.
3: You mean yes. the Dementors?
2: Dementors for sure. And the <laughs> the
0: doctor was um, kind of taken back by that too. Like she was really confused at what they were saying as well. It seemed like. Well, one of them flat out says, oh, she doesn't
1: know. There are some sassy scarves. Yeah, yeah, they are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. So what do you think of the the plot around the episode? This intergalactic race starting with 4,000 contestants and down to the last two. And why isn't that what this series is? And let's just watch that.
3: <laughs> <laughs> <Did> <laughs> intergalactic
1: the, Hunger Games? Did the it others had some all Hunger Games Well, it's like an intergalactic amazing race.
3: So they didn't die. Well,
1: well they, they all died. died.
0: Quite a few of them have, yeah. Yeah, they all died except the two. Because in the beginning, um, what did they say? Like when they met each other on the planet, it was like, oh, man, I can't believe uh, we got through that field. Or, or I think it was like an asteroid field or something. And then he like named a couple people, and they're like, yeah, so-and-so didn't make it.
3: That doesn't mean everyone died. Well, that died. could mean
0: this round. Yeah, <laughs>
1: this round was really hard and people died. But that doesn't mean... The people that didn't make it to the first stop died.
5: (laughs) Yeah, but if this planet is like a preview of what
1: most of the race was like pretty sure most the of them finale, have It's the finale, dude. It's supposed to be the hardest one.
5: Well, it's not like, here, walk through this field of puppies and make it to the other side.
1: If you do, you're on to the next level. Well, then everyone who's allergic to puppies would have lost that round. So yes. You don't no. die for
4: John. being allergic to puppies.
0: Jill wouldn't have
1: made we it. Could. She would have stayed there. I would have
4: stayed there for sure. I have oh, no. found my Go people. Go on
0: without me, guys. <laughs> don't need your money. I got puppies. <laughs>
1: But I, I do like the concept, and there was a classic episode called "Enlightenment," which was kind of like a galactic race among immortals. That was it, this reminded me of, and I think it would be cool if we had a season of planet hopping, because you know me, I love, uh,
0: you know, big alien scenes where there's a ton of aliens around. Yeah. Yeah, that would be kind of a cool backdrop for a season like the doctor gets roped into this inter- intergalactic race and she has to f- fly or drive for like the human race. Like that would be some, fun. It it's almost well, it, it would almost be exactly like the Rick and Morty episode where the heads show up and uh <laughs> they got to they got to like impress the aliens so they don't destroy the earth.
3: Show me what you've got. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: All right, what do you guys think of the guest cast? Small though it was,
2: I have I, su- I saw that guy before.
5: I saw. I feel him. like
0: yeah. I feel like I've seen the girl too. I figured the, out where I've seen her before.
5: Uh, she's in Ready Player One as the aunt.
0: Oh yeah,
2: she is. Oh right, yep. Terry did. Tell I
1: don't me know that. if I, I would
5: have pulled that, but that's I recognized
1: her from that right away.
3: He Googled it. I, even, it's okay. I looked
1: up her IMDb, <laughs> yeah. saw that, and was like, oh, no one would remember her, so I didn't even write it down. <laughs> <laughs> For sure Terry would remember that. Sam, you would know the guy from Broadchurch. Is that where I've seen him? Is he the creepy dude? I don't know. I haven't seen Broadchurch, but he plays Ricky Gillespie in six episodes of Broadchurch.
3: Oh. oh.
2: Huh. Who's Ricky, The actor
1: Sean Dooley.
2: Sean Dooley. Oh, he was in The Witcher. I looked that up. That's where I saw him from.
3: There yep. you go.
1: But like one episode, right?
2: Yep. He's a king. It's a very prominent episode. Well, there's very few. I think it's just like a half season. Well, he like remembered six that
3: and I didn't remember him from Broadchurch. So there's that. <laughs> Which well, you
2: just have, watched. You finished Broadchurch? Yeah. Oh. Anyway. I think everybody knows what I think of the girl. The dude. Fantastic.
1: You don't like her roots. Yep. <laughs> what? uh he's in a doctor who big finish adventure called oh i didn't, didn't write down what it's called but he plays abbott absolute in it Ta-da! he it, it, i think he's he's in the movie true lies as one of the terrorists <laughs> whoa man we're okay. we're going way back though
5: <laughs> though you could kind of see his wig line that he was wearing like his sideburns didn't look proper, and I think his wig was showing okay, weird. Okay,
1: so what you guys thought of the guest cast is, didn't like the girl's roots, didn't like the dude's wig line. Alright.
6: <laughs> what
2: what else talk. do you want? They
1: were just <laughs> fine. They were written they were in, good they
2: acted though. their part. It was it was great. The characterization of the guy... stop
1: saying that. <laughs> that I, People, I, I, there are degrees of goodness in yeah, acting. There are degrees of goodness, but if you want to be on the big screen, and if you're
2: going to be judged by that statistic, what you are requesting of us, Jake, I'm going to tell you that they did very mediocre. Well, I'm not just
1: asking you how they acted. I'm asking you if you like the character, if you like the performance, if you like the story. The performance was mediocre. The story was good. The
2: characterization and the backgrounds that they put in were fantastic for the guy, the girl I know nothing about, besides her planet was taken over by the Stenza, which is kind of sucks. It's pretty sad. And her and she wife, had a wife was killed. Yeah. Like that's it. The guy had that story about his mom which really backed up his character and explained a lot of things about him and from there on forward you're like, yeah, everything he does you're like, yeah, that makes sense. And the really? girl's just kind of like, yeah, really? Terry, counter, go ahead. You're you have the floor. <laughs> Both of these
5: characters, they have backstories, but they're so two-dimensional, like and they didn't didn't move anywhere. Like, the dude, yeah, yep. he had the one story about his mom not catching him, and that's supposed to describe his entire background of a character.
2: Well, how does he behave the whole episode? An asshole. Like a
5: dick. L- like but... a solo lone Makes wolf sense. dick. Right. So... Then why is he sticking with everyone? Why isn't he trying to get away from them and just go, like, stop sticking with the group? Like, the only reason why he's stuck with them is for the boat then immediately afterwards he should just be running off on his own like he, he tried, shouldn't even bother to
3: shot, and right. then he but had then to follow them because he was injured you get to
5: the end of it like why did he even agree to do the both double win thing same Worst for her part of the like the
3: episode people double grow win. as characters
2: they grow that's the third dimension terry he grew into a loving did he...
1: comrade the female racer i I can't remember their names um she said you're hobbled. I will beat you to the tent. I'm going to go win now. <laughs> and then he's like, fine, I'll split it with you.
5: Right? <laughs> Did he really grow? Which really, then her too, like she's doing this to save her family. Like her drive should have been way more than what she was portraying. Like she's already feeling like half her family's
1: dead by now. So yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say, Terry. Um She, begins her story as, like, a really good person and then, like, goes through a bunch of hardships and is just still a really good person. And those kind of characters just aren't interesting. I do think she's a better actor than Sean Dooley, at least in this. I I haven't seen either of them do other things. I'm sure they're both great. But I think in this, she does a lot more emotionally. She's also given more to do. uh, Whereas Sean Dooley's character, he is a real hard prick who very slightly softens a little. And at least that's something. Like, it is, it is like Cody's saying, some kind of character development, which the the lady doesn't get at all.
2: True. And it's a 40-minute episode. How far are you going to go? 50. 50. 50. Damn, should have been a two-parter, though, am I right? It's not like we spent time <laughs> learning
1: anything about our, our TARDIS team.
2: Yeah.
4: I was going to say that, I am disappointed at how little we know about the TARDIS team. I want to know them.
1: Right? Like, I, I it seems we'll like Graham there. is
5: really trying, and then Ryan just keeps shooting him down the whole time, but then
1: nothing Well, I else. mean, that's something. That is something, yeah. We know how they differ in how they handle grief, and we know that, you know, Ryan perseveres through adversity. Like, he is really having a tough time with some of the physical stuff, but at least is willing to stare at a ladder for a really long time and then try. Like, (laughs) come on, dude, we're running for our lives here.
4: (laughs) And um, Alex was talking about how the doctor is the outsider in the story, and in turn, that kind of makes us the outsider. Like, I think some of it is just they're not explaining those things because they all know each other. And that makes it a lot different than our previous companions.
1: Yeah, and we kind of talked about that a little last week, that they... The companions all have a pre-existing relationship, even if it's kind of tenuous, like, oh, we went to grade school together. Like, they're all from the same town, two of them are literally related, and the other two, at least, like, are the same age, from the same place, literally went to the same school. So there's not a lot of, like, diversity amongst them.
0: That is a interesting point, too, is that we don't know the TARDIS team because they know each other. But then we also had the Doctor Change, who's still trying to find herself. So as a viewer of the show, there's a lot of unknown on everyone we're seeing on screen. And so it just makes it weird to watch.
2: Right. You do feel lost. Like, where are we in Doctor Who right now? It mm-hmm. it does feel weird. But I think now that we have the TARDIS and things are starting to, like, realign to normal Who, might who might swap back?
0: The delivery on when the TARDIS was materializing and the Doctor was like desperate on it to just stay. The mm-hmm. delivery on that was super good. I, I really like that.
2: Well, the whole "come to daddy, come to mummy" thing was a little <laughs> on the I light-hearted. That was funny. It was funny, I but like it. I yeah, it's you can't. It's really hard to say they shouldn't have done it, but like, nah, never mind. Like if you want, if you want to see that like desperation, like this, they're fucked. She's like, we're dead. We die in one rotation. It's over. And then the TARDIS just starts showing up. Like fuck it, yeah. please.
0: Well, and it and it was kind of like a, it was kind of like, like someone trying to catch uh, like a mustang uh, horse, like just out in the wild. Be like, don't worry, it's me. It's okay, and then like she was like sonicking, trying to like signal it back, mm-hmm. and that like that was just cool.
2: It was cool, except what? for that goddamn screwdriver.
3: <laughs> when she says that she lost her key, and the TARDIS is like, "It's okay," and it Pop, clicks yeah. open. That, was, that I got was, you, I got bro. you. Yeah, that was cute.
1: Yeah, but what about the snapping? I know. I, I was, was so... also
3: gonna complain about that, but that scene was too cute.
1: Yeah, it's cute i bet i wonder cute. if they tried and that I, too
4: but now what's the point of ever having a key which we've talked about before
1: <laughs> if you could just beg it to open right
4: it's
3: like <laughs> well you know it me, did that open. for clara
1: too in you know what's that one called the ghost one yeah with the mansion the haunted mansion one mm-hmm.
3: where it was that's actually hide okay
1: uh let me read a tweet real quick uh and then we'll continue i want to just kind of sprinkle these in so i'm not reading them all at once uh if you want to tweet at us about your thoughts on the episodes, you can do so at to Who pod on Twitter. Nick of Forest Focus at JuryOfUnderscore1 says, Not a great episode. Quite boring. Although some fun moments like Ryan not realizing what an actual combat situation would be like. Though I don't like the new TARDIS, the last scene was really great. Uh, had a wonderful tone of wonder. Uh, and makes up for the poor design. I wonder what you guys think of the... Oh, I'm not going to say that part because it's kind of a Spoiler. So yeah, kind of saying exactly what we were just
0: saying about the TARDIS.
4: Disagree. I like the design. <laughs> good,
0: good parts. Good parts. Bad parts. Good parts. Bad parts. I agree with that. I really like the
1: exterior of the
0: TARDIS.
2: Yes. The exterior the new varnish. Just it, yeah, like that shine on there with that deep
1: blue.
3: Yeah, it looks like a different color.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, it, it almost like doesn't look of blue teal in
5: it.
1: Yeah, it, it looks more green to me. I think that was just the lighting um for this we'll see some other shots of it where it's like dark dark blue
4: i like things with character over things that are modern and so i like this tardis design better for the record
3: (laughs) i just don't like how they're going to be able to shoot inside of it i think it looks really cool but it's going to be awkward
0: i'm trying to think of like a tardis we've had in new who that hasn't had character Like, maybe David Tennant's, but even that had some character.
1: That one was kind of, like, the least inspired because it didn't feel like there was anything beyond that main console room. Yeah. And I kind of get the same feeling with this one, too. Yeah. Like, we we don't see anything except for the console and the door.
4: There's got to be more, though, with all that, just everything that's going on in I mean, it's
0: the TARDIS. It's it's more.
1: Plus, like, when she first walks in, and it's all dark, and there's all those, like metal hexagons uh interlaced with each other i was just thinking if i was a kid and was asked to design the master's tardis this is what i would have designed (laughs) right when it came up i was like why is it so dark
4: and alex is like well it's still developing and i'm like okay so it doesn't stay dark but it was like very dark
0: yeah it is a moody tardis there's there's a lot of mood lighting some, in there. <laughs> some teenage
2: angst with a bit of orange glow. Yeah. <laughs> I give me that TARDIS with the RGB. The LEDs throughout the entire thing just raven.
1: <laughs> uh can I give you guys my biggest complaint about the episode? Yep.
0: Yes. Uh the dialogue. <laughs> oh, I thought you were gonna say them running straight away from a crash instead of perpendicular <laughs> right? from it. Well they were they were in like a
1: pit. Like they it would have been hard for them to run sideways, but then the ship I, like uh, follows along that pit too <laughs> like was this a previous crash? <laughs> so the dialogue it uh it is it often is explaining the action as the action is happening, and it gets super annoying and and this is what I yell about in our mine and Alex's first initial reaction to this story is like they run into that um firing range and then all of a sudden there's a robot and someone goes oh look it's a robot even though it's like there we could see it and it goes well it wasn't there when we came in even though we already know that too because we saw them come in and then there's another i mean it happens all the time but these are just the ones that off the top of my head well yeah when, when they, they walk into that yeah when they walk in that room that has the writing on the floor and Graham has to go look there's writing on the floor like <laughs> as the doctor's yeah. looking at it and examining it if it, it, at the time, well, sure, whatever. Um, at, But, like, at the time, I was thinking, watching it, oh, they're going hard for young, young kids. Like, they're they're making a turn in the show, and I was upset about it. <laughs> and it didn't turn out to be true, not trying to spoil anything, but it... Does kind of continue through the season. That maybe they're just trying to give these actors something to do. But they're often just narrating the action that we can already see.
4: I thought when they had the guns. And like the guns just looked super childish. And nerf gunny. Yeah. And that's one of the things that caught my attention. I didn't really pay attention or notice it during the dialogue. But it did seem geared down.
1: Yeah. And stuff like that I don't think would bother us as much if the rest of the episode didn't look so great. So, like, if you cast your mind back to Eccleston's season, there were tons of wonky, cheap guns, and, like, David Tennant had this thing that controlled some robots, but it's literally an Xbox controller with an antenna on the top of it. (laughs) But because those episodes looked shitty, it, it was just, like, part of the whole thing. Whereas something like this, where it kind of looks like a movie, you kind of expect a little more out of those littler details like that. Uh, James Courtney at Mr. J.A. Courtney says, I enjoyed it more than The Woman Who Fell to Earth on first watch. It felt more like an episode of Doctor Who, whilst episode one was too humorless. Uh, And then he says, I can't wait to find out if this comment makes it into the pod in two months when I've caught up. Hey, (laughs) we got a we got a long lifer. (laughs) It made it. Passion Fruit said a jar candle at B underscore Bird underscore moth said extremely boring. I like the idea of going on a bit of a quest to get the TARDIS back, but it was executed poorly. A couple funny moments, I guess, but absolutely not for me.
2: Damn, Twitter's
6: ruthless. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think the placement for this is weird. Like if they if this was like a last half season episode where we know the TARDIS team, we know the doctor, and she loses the TARDIS for some reason they have to like go on this quest and then like stumble upon this race then I think we might feel a little different about it but yeah it it seems weird on episode two for something like this you know I think it ties in well like
1: the I I think it could have been fun to go a few episodes without the TARDIS But I I like the logic of how they got there without the TARDIS and how they got saved and just the running around on this planet alone. Clearly, this absolute shit, Jake. Clearly. (laughs) But the humor... You started the podcast by saying you love it. Yeah, (laughs) no, I'm not changing my mind. I'm just just saying Twitter disagrees, man.
4: He's just being an interviewer.
5: (laughs) So speaking of uh, humor a lot i really uh love graham's lines like they're just so funny i love him a lot um but the one line he says of can people stop putting things inside me without my permission when they're talking (laughs) about the translators like when i saw that on them i'm like oh my god they've been injected with something else again (laughs) like when is this gonna end
1: (laughs) uh that creates a question for you guys at what point In the writing of the story, do you think Chibna was like, oh shit, the TARDIS isn't there. How are they understanding these aliens? (laughs) "Uh, Let's see.
3: I thought
2: that explanation was blatant as fuck.
3: I put that in a note. I'm like, implant translator, let's just throw that right out there and clear everything up. Just
0: hands (laughs) washed. I did like how it didn't translate the writing on the floor, though. Like The doctor had to read it because she can read most languages yeah which which was kind of a nice touch if that was intentional
3: auditory <laughs> uh, not visual i guess
1: but yeah i I'd, I'd be into it implant one of those in me i want to know every language or at least hear it yeah stick it in me <laughs>
5: <laughs> i really love the doctor's uh vast knowledge of everything else especially with like the physical aspects cuz like when she takes her pinky and does like this thing that the nuns taught her and like paralyzes the guy pilot like that's super fun like i'm really hoping that she's got
1: more of these tricks up her sleeve again
2: <laughs> the yeah
1: that's a third doctor reference oh is it okay yep it's that,
2: fun was that what he referenced before when he did like the uh or when capaldi did the shoulder pinch thing yes. oh no that was not the doctor was that that was nardole nardole that... oh,
1: Nardol. Nardol, yeah but I think uh, at some point, Capaldi did reference Venusian Aikido.
0: The doctor in this one got a shift on. Yep. First yep that's time. where it comes from. Most of the for
1: this series. <laughs> Alex and I had never heard that term before. Apparently it's pretty common. And we just thought it was hilarious. So we started saying it all the time. Yep. And uh, there it is.
5: Does this doctor have a catchphrase, like, past doctors? Because I've been trying to find one, and
1: I can't seem to narrow it down to Uh, anything.
3: get a shift on?
1: (laughs) Yep. Is that Um, it? No, I don't think she ever says it again. All right, Ode underscore Ollie, at Ode underscore Ollie, says, "Uh, Most of season 11, or series 11, gets mixed reviews, but I do like it all. So this is going to be a run of me having a soft spot for these stories. I love that it goes straight into the action, keeping the pace so frantic until they reach the planet, keeping the team separate, at least to begin with, really keeps the tension there, and the fear and confusion is played really well. The idea of the episode feels like such a classic Who idea, a literal space race seems like something they'd have done already, and kind of did in Enlightenment, hey, that's what I said. But it's done well. It does suffer from the lack of an actual villain, though. Illin, the sniper bots, and the Remnants do give different spins on antagonists, but that makes it feel a bit crowded with threats, none of which feel too effective, and they're all dealt with inc- with incredibly easily. I think it would have been more effective to have just focused on a single proper villain, though I like the subversion. Uh, tying the planet and the Remnants into the Stenza is really intriguing and adds some anticipation into the series. Uh, I'm going to skip that. The visuals of the episode are good, if a little samey. Even the remnant scene is ridiculously dark. And the shots of the TARDIS are always so reverently done, especially with the new layout. And the introduction of this one is wonderful, done with so much awe and it looks amazing. I know what Jake and Alex think, and I don't disagree, but at least in this, I really like it. The Doctor gets a lot to do in this, and I love that we get to see her both being diplomatic and actively fighting. The use of Venusian Aikido is always a great callback. She handles the scene so well, but you can see the anger and disappointment as well. The companions don't get too much to do, though. We get the smallest hints about Yaz, and Ryan and Graham don't get an awful lot to do either. Their conversation about Grace was nice, and I really like the immediate contrast between that and them figuring out the battery together. Just would have liked there to have been more time spent on it. And the scene of Ryan struggling with the ladder is good. I like that his disability is shown and not forgotten or fixed. The side characters are really fleshed out, and it's good that we can properly properly understand them, but they didn't seem to give an awful lot to do either. As much as I like this story, it's even more focused on character over plot than the woman who fell to Earth, and it does suffer for it. Having said that, the final scenes are wonderful. Whenever the Doctor gets reunited with the TARDIS, it's great, but especially this one, with the way it's played. Jodie portraying the Doctor, breaking down so well, her disappointment in herself is so clear, and her sadness comes through so easily, which makes her excitement and joy... When the TARDIS finally appears, so much more exciting. The changes in her face and voice are both subtle and so noticeable, and the connection between the Doctor and the TARDIS is made so clear as well. I do wish the companion's reactions were less subdued, though. I like that it breaks from tradition, but I think the awe and wonder that the first introduction inspires should have been more on show. It does take a little out of the scene, at least for me. Oh, we got... Some more podcast news. Uh, once work calms down in a couple weeks, the pilot episode should be out to you. There will be a tweet asking for opinions this weekend, too. So I'd love thoughts from all of you, the marrieds, too. Oh, Thank- maybe.
2: I'm going to give you thoughts. I'm going to give you 12 tweets and thoughts. <laughs> Dude, I'm a thought all over you.
1: You've, uh, oh. Gross. <laughs> Chris at the Zemo Trash says, Jake, look at me. <laughs> this episode was shit. That was uh, it? <laughs> let me say no. Oh. <laughs> Jake, look at me. This episode was shit. It could have been amazing a literal space race. Instead, it was the fam walking around a desert with two of the most unlikable people in the galaxy. The first mistake was actually showing that the ghost monument was the TARDIS. It was fairly obvious it was going to be, but it still could have been a little mysterious. Our main characters feel very off here, as if Chibnall hasn't yet decided what he wants each companion's personality to be like, which has usually already been established by their second episode. The pacing is very bad as well. Lots of cuts to events that happened just seconds after the previous when you could have just let it flow naturally. <laughs> Maybe not a 15 minute scene of them sleeping on a boat would have been helpful. Uh, that was me. Maybe they are trying to make it feel more action-y, but instead it's too fast and incomplete. I do like how it reestablishes the Doctor's aversion to guns, and it's a scene which is probably the one and only time Ryan will ever be funny, (laughs) and Tosin Cole will do any real emotion. (laughs) The best part about this episode is that it's bloody beautiful. I think they filmed in South Africa, and you can really tell they put a lot of effort into the cinematography, while some of the more close-up shots aren't that good. Agreed. The wide shots and scenic shots are probably the most beautiful the show has ever been up to this point. Having the Stens would be the reason the planet is so dangerous is a good move, showing that the Stens are a truly evil race capable of the worst things, and not just some weird creatures that hunt humans. I'm not sure you can even say there's a monster in this episode, the sniper bots don't count, and the remnants are basically pointless. Maybe the planet itself, but it doesn't feel very intimidating. Just the things that have been left on it, like flesh-eating microbes in the water. Can't you just (laughs) say... Let me rephrase that. Can't you just fucking say they put Vash Narada in the ocean? <laughs>
0: <laughs> or if they created like... if they created the Vashon Narada, that'd be nuts. Oh, hey. I want to like the new TARDIS
1: and parts of it I do like. I think the center console is pretty great, very industrial, and who doesn't want a biscuit dispenser? But it looks and feels very cramped and dark. It isn't a place I'd want to stay in for too long. While Scopaldi's was dark too, it was atmospheric. This one just feels like 13 forgot to pay the electricity bill and they (laughs) shut our power off. (laughs) But I'm really excited for next week's episode and looking forward to it. All right. Boom. Anyone have anything they want to add to that before we move on? Has anyone's minds changed? someone decided, oh, this is actually a really good episode? Cody, you still love it? I, yeah, I think so. I enjoyed watching good. it good good i was this is this is one i was most like excited to watch again because of how mad i was at it the first time like i knew it would be better than <laughs> how i remember it and it was i was perfectly happy to watch this for 50 minutes and you know there are episodes i can't say that about
0: true
2: i was enamored by
1: the shots know like, they're just good just beautiful shots 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 <laughs> Everybody, Alex, give me that fun fact theme song.
0: Bim bim do fun fun facts.
1: I've already said most of them, but one fun thing about the new TARDIS is they took off the Saint John's Ambulance sticker, which uh, I'm kind of bummed about. It. I like the sticker, but the the phone box sign. That was black writing on, like, a white background, now is white writing on a black background, which is the first time it's been that way around since the Tom Baker era. Ooh. It looks sharp. So not without precedent.
0: It looks sharp.
1: Uh, this is also the first story since the husbands of River Song to have no scenes on Earth. Hmm. Um... I do like to look at all the actors and see if they've been in Doctor Who before or Game of Thrones, Harry Potter, or Star Wars. Uh, We already talked about Sean Dooley. I am going to start pointing out people who are in Broadchurch, too. Um, So, like, Jodie Whittaker and Sean Dooley, who was Ricky Gillespie. Um, Also, the guy who played Ilan Art Malik was... I already said he was an Abbot Absolute in an Eighth Doctor Adventures Big Finish. Um ian gelder will see physically later in the season but he was the voice of the remnants he was also kevin lannister in game of thrones and mr decker in five episodes of torchwood miracle day
0: hmm
1: alex give me that mvp theme song
0: mvp Alex, who's your MVP? Um, I don't know. Like, nothing really stood out as like this makes the episode. You know? Like, it was all just kind of like good. I don't know. I'm oh god. I'll I'll go with Jody. Why not? Because <laughs> all right, of the I roots. am also, but specifically because
1: we talked about this last week where she didn't have, like, any scenes of, like, real emotion. And in this one, there are three instances where she gets really angry. And I think Jodie Whittaker playing angry is, like, her her at her best. And so, I didn't notice those the first time I watched this. But this time, uh, she was fantastic. Uh, Jill?
4: I also didn't, like, I mean, of course, I know this is coming. So, I was trying to think about it while watching. Who's the MVP? Also, not feeling strong connections. So I feel like I have to default to the doctor when that happens, cause the doctor's always good. So Jody, just because. She's the always good.
1: Sam.
3: Same, for the same reasons as Jill. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Cody. So, did
2: we figure out who would be responsible for the unique shots? Would it be the director or, like, the the best boy grip?
1: Which shots
0: are you talking about? Uh, the South Africa the, ones. The
2: variety of shots, like the uniqueness of the... Uh, Graham. Graham's pretty great. <laughs> oh,
6: God.
2: Bradley Walsh. Yeah, Bradley Walsh. Good job. First MVP from
1: Cody. The director of photography was Tico Pulakakis.
2: Sorry, Graham, you're out. <laughs> Tico Palakas is in Your uh, your plaque is in the mail Terry I too am giving mine to Tico
5: For his uh, cinematography Oh my god, sorry I had a stroke <laughs> keep, halfway keep through For his cinema for His, his cinematology
1: <laughs> <laughs> I
5: was going to say cinematic But then I tried saying cinematography <laughs> At the same time and it didn't work but I'm also doing that just because visually I've loved the angles and the different perspectives and uh, just close-ups on people rather than seeing, like, stock well, I think footage that, of 30 feet away constantly type of thing. So
1: That, I think, would mostly be the director shot choice. Okay, then director. <laughs> he tells the guy where to stick the camera. Yeah, I the director the guy, then. The photographer lights it and shoots it and, you know chooses the lenses and all that it is now time for the newest podcast quiz sensation which still doesn't have a name but it's our stolen from doug loves movies imdb backwards cast game in this game i have chosen five stories using the doctor who episode random generator i really need to start keeping track of these episodes so that we don't repeat ourselves later
3: like we'll remember But for
1: each of these For each of these episodes, I will read the cast list, but not the actors, the character names from the bottom up. We'll go one at a time to each person among these five contestants. After I read one name, first person gets to guess what the episode is. If They get it wrong. We'll move on to the next person. They get to guess. I have randomly selected the order ahead of time. It goes Terry, Sam, Cody, Jill, Alex. Terry, are you ready? Absolutely. The first name is Skaldak voice. Fucking Skaldak voice.
5: Um, Then it is the one with the submarine cold. Like it's the one with the submarine with uh, Matt Smith and Clara, and the radio jukebox. It's Cold War. That's it. Thank you. Cold War. Cold War. Come on. It was. I wanted to see how long he could just run himself. <laughs> like, in I couldn't
2: think of. My brain was going like Red October. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted him to sh- say the one with Skaldak
1: in it. That's
3: what I would have said.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I forgot to point out in the description that they don't have to actually say the name of the title or the title of the episode because we wouldn't be here all day. They just kind of have to describe it enough that I get that they know which one it is. I knew what it was. So Terry got the easy one. Yeah. He gets one point. <laughs> Sam, it, it went Skaldak voice, Skaldak, Heinrich, Onegin, Piotr. I don't know how to say Lieutenant Step Passion, Professor Grisenko, Captain Zukov, Clara, and the Doctor. So I think if we didn't get it after Skaldak, we never nope. would have gotten it.
0: <laughs> yeah, how is Skaldak like that far down? I don't... Because he's
1: just like a monster, so there's no like real actor. He's also mostly CGI.
0: Yeah, if it's
5: voice acting stuff, I think that comes after all uh, physical acting people.
1: Yeah. All right, Sam, it is your turn to go first. The name on the bottom is The Siren.
3: The episode with the the mirror and the merpeople thing.
1: I'll accept that. Yeah! yeah! what I don't curse the even know curse what the black spot there was no mer people
3: <laughs> they, they, they
1: thought she was a mer people what the pirate episode good enough cody's your turn to go first the name on the bottom of the list we'll see if we can keep it going on getting it right on the first name every time dalek two. <laughs> okay <laughs>
2: So that's the end of our podcast guys. Thank you very much for listening.
1: Just guess a Dalek
2: episode. There's only like 90 of them. <laughs> uh which one has 2 in it? I'm going to go with yeah. the I'm going to go with least... the one with David Tennant where he fights Big Bad
1: Boss Dalek.
2: Uh
1: that is not narrowed down enough. Damn, really?
2: Uh the, where it was the Dalek outside of the tank but there was a head Dalek and there were other Daleks, <laughs> and the uh, David Tennant. I is that the episode where he goes the laws the, the the laws of
1: time are mine. No, and they will obey me. That's not a Dalek one. Fuck. I. We're gonna it. move on. Yeah, Jill. The next one is Dalek One.
4: <laughs> I can't.
1: Would you like me to repeat? <laughs> <laughs> <the names>. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, would you list them all? Dalek again? 2, Dalek 1. I can't remember episodes where there's super few Daleks. That's my problem right now.
1: Ah, yes.
3: Um... Th-
4: I don't know. Pass.
1: <laughs>
0: Alex the next name is Dalek's voice. Okay, then I'm going to go with the um like the Winston Churchill war Dalek episode. Terry the next one is Harvey.
5: Is it the uh Dalek episode that a human being Merges with the Daleks to become a more, or it's something like that, to where they become the next race. But he
1: becomes Sam, too emotional. The next ah, one damn it. is Cassandra, or Cassandra, depending on how nasty you want to be. Wow.
3: She was in a Dalek episode. the The one where the IV bags turn into uh, magical fluid.
1: <laughs> no. Good guess though. Different Cassandra. Just a name of a person.
6: Oh.
1: Um Cody, the next name is Darla.
3: That seems familiar.
1: Hmm. Not to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's <laughs> <laughs> It's
2: the <clears throat> It's the one with the Power Ranger Daleks.
1: Well, that's the one Alex already said. But Jill, the next one is Oswin.
4: Uh, the episode with Oswin and the Daleks. <laughs> Ooh,
1: that's good. going <laughs> to need a little more.
4: And Darla and Cassandra. <laughs> Continue.
0: Alex, the next name is Rory. Is it the? Uh... The Alaskan ship, and uh, she's like the souffle girl, but I, I forget the name of the episode. Um,
1: it is Asylum of the Daleks. Yes, that one, yeah. When we first see Clara, but don't know that it's
0: Clara. Oh, Because it's, it's not actually Clara, right? It's, it's Oswin, Oswin, which
1: is Clara's middle name.
3: Yeah. Uh, what?
1: Terry has one, Sam has one, Alex has one. Okay. Yeah, that one got all the way around. (laughs) Yeah, we got to Rory. Jill, it is your turn to go first. The first name is Walter, so good luck.
4: (laughs) (laughs) I have no idea. Um,
1: (laughs) Just throw one out there, any episode you can think of.
4: uh, The episode with... um... Walter. Yeah, I was going to
0: say, if you say Walter, I'm going to punch
1: you.
4: And <laughs> <laughs> he's in the place. You
0: can't use your clue as your descriptor.
4: Sure can. I don't know Walter.
0: Just say
1: any episode.
4: I don't remember any episodes.
1: Alex, the next name is Dockery.
3: Who are these people?
0: No idea. Hmm. I'm going to say the one where... The doctor, uh, and I think it's Rose, go to the, like, new New York, and they have the cat people, and the face of Bo is there. Nope. Terry, the next
5: name is Isaac. These sound like, I don't know, I'm going to say Family of Blood.
1: Sam, the next name is Abraham.
0: Oh, I think I know which one it is now.
3: The Christmas episode where they're, like, the white coats people, the white hairs, looking for... Somewhat the Doctor maybe.
1: yeah
3: it's, it's obviously not that one. The one with Wilf where they look for the doctor. And and they have oh, the society gotcha. called like
1: It's like the, the Silver Curtain oh,
3: yeah, or something like yeah, that. Oh yeah, yeah. This yeah.
1: Um no it's not. Um let's see. Cody. The next name is the Preacher.
2: Okay, so this is the one with uh the weird scorpion king dude.
1: Oh, no. (laughs)
2: It's like the
1: only church Uh, I remember. (laughs) Jill, the next one is Sadie. Is that helpful? Sadie. (laughs) No.
4: The one with the... Just pass. Just pass.
1: (laughs) Alex, you said you think you know what it is. What do you think it is?
0: Well, I thought I did, but once you threw Preacher in there, then I wasn't sure. Okay, the next name... Alex is. Caller Mass. Okay, yeah, it's Town Call Mercy. Yeah. Oh.
1: It's the Western one. Yeah, the Western Gunslinger. Yeah.
0: I don't. I don't, know, I don't I remember that. the preacher in that one.
1: No. Well, I mean, they do all lock up in a church to hide. Uh, okay. But yeah, Isaac's the only name I knew. All right, Alex has two. Oh no, you have one. Right? I have two now. Okay, you have two. Terry has one. Sam has one. Alex, it is also your turn to go first. The first name is K-9. Uh,
0: I'm going to go with the one with the gargoyles in the school.
1: We'll with, accept that. Yes, it's, it's school I, reunion. Yeah. They're, they're yeah. like
3: bat people.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are like two episodes of K-9, so I was hoping you might have gotten that wrong because the next <laughs> one is Dinner Lady. <laughs> and oh, That's yeah. a fun clue. All right, another rousing edition
0: of whatever this game is called. Alex is the winner. We should call it, like, uh, cast list gauntlet or something like that. (laughs) No. Alex doing that paper crumpling theme song. (laughs) Hey, fuck you, man. (laughs) This is better than nothing. This has
1: been Mary to Who, our episode on the Ghost Monument. If you'd like to follow us on our socials and participate in the show, you can do so Mary to Who Pod on Twitter, Mary to Who on Instagram, or you can email us married to who at gmail.com. If you want to listen to this podcast, you can do so on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Play. You can also listen on our website, MarriedToWho.com. have on behalf of myself, Jake, Cody, Sam, Jill, Alex, and producer Terry. Thank you so much for listening. Please join Next time for Rosa. <laughs>
0: Do dear beard.